Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Birdtails. This is Mummy Work. Okay, thanks. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. Thanks for being here, and again, sorry if you're waiting for the weekly episodes that haven't been coming. Uh, gosh, we've had a bit of a hellish um, couple of weeks. We very unfortunately lost a family member early last week, and yeah, to be honest, it's just been a total shit show around here, which it usually is. <laughs> and Joe and I are getting married next weekend, so this time next week I will probably be drunk at our pre-wedding um, dinner and drinks celebration on Thursday night. So yeah, lots going on around here at the moment, but very excited um, about what's coming up too. And very excited to bring you today's episode of the podcast. Um, if you're new around here, I am Jordan and I'm the host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I have an online birth course called Your Birth Project, which helps you to create your best birth. I also have the Mini Kiwis First Aid course, which is a first aid course for parents under five. I have the Your Birth Project online store, which has pregnancy, birth and postpartum related products. And I have, I have two real life babies, not my business babies, uh, Jai, who is three and Ali, who is almost one and a half, which is just yeah, crazy. But anyway, so that's me. And if you're not new here, then you're probably sick of hearing this introduction. Um, I don't have any recommendations for this week. I just recommend like getting sleep where you can. <laughs> That's what I'll be doing after I release this episode. So let me tell you about what today's episode is about and then we can jump into it. So today I talked to PJ or Polly Harding. If you are familiar with her voice, you will have probably heard her on the radio um, I just love following Polly on social media. She is such a gem uh, and she was a, yeah, just really lovely story to hear today. So Polly takes us through her pregnancy journey, um, which was pretty straightforward and into how she was feeling about birth, what her sort of birth goals were and yeah, sort of plans around that. And then into her labor story. She had a posterior labor and ended up having an emergency cesarean. And we sort of talked through being like the feeling of being quite unprepared for that, um, that to happen. And then what her postpartum journey has been like since. So I know you're going to love this set because PJ is so easy to listen to. <laughs> um, and yeah, she's got a great voice for radio if you haven't already heard it. So I will let you jump into the episode and enjoy. I'd love to hear your feedback as always. If you want to find me on social media, you can do so at Kiwi Birth Tales or at Your Birth Project. Or you can send me an email, kiwibirthtales at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey PJ, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And I just realized, I hope that I can remember my birth story. <laughs> it's been like months now. Oh, it's gone so fast. I can't believe it. I'm um, really looking forward to hearing all about it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, I'm excited to go back because yeah. I feel like life is just a haze after birth. Yeah. And it's really, really cool going back step by step. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, for those um, who may not recognize your voice, like I'm sure lots of us um, (laughs) will, do you just want to give us a little bit of info about who you are and who is in your family? Cool. Well, my name is Polly, PJ Harding. I've kind of got like two names. PJ was my radio (laughs) And now I'm like kind of stuck with it. <laughs> so yeah. um, I am originally from Christchurch, New Zealand. I worked at ZM on the radio for about seven years. Then I moved to Australia, did a radio show um, with Jace for the Jason PJ show on Melbourne Breakfast. And while I was over there, I met a farmer actually just before I left. And I just got um, a rental in Melbourne at New Year's. I met a farmer from the Wairarapa called BJ, and we ended up doing a long-distance relationship pretty much the whole time I was in Melbourne, which was basically three years. Wow. Um, long distance was great, but then COVID hit, and long story short, I just wanted to be back here. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, my family is BJ, myself, and our little baby Charlie. Yeah, amazing. And where are you guys based in New Zealand now? Yeah, so we um, are in the mighty Wairarapa, uh, north of Masterton. <laughs> I'm very far away, uh, <laughs> very far away from my former life in Melbourne. Um, yeah. At a Mount Bruce, um, which is, yeah, just this sort of small rural area, not too far from Ekatahuna, not too far from Masterton, an hour 50 drive. From Wellington. So, we, you know, we, we still got places around us, even an hour to palm it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, yeah. I am um, really looking forward to talking about all things pregnancy and birth and what mum life has been like for the last little while. But maybe if we start with what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and BJ. Yeah, well, it got to, so it was end of 2021, I'd obviously moved back um, from Melbourne and we'd sort of purchased our place here and I guess I was really getting in a bit of a settled down zone and I, we always like wanted to have kids. I think he probably wanted to have babies after getting married. I was kind of of the mindset, particularly after COVID and so much stuff just being pushed off and cancelled and delayed and all that. I was like, I really don't care what order we do it in. And kind of got to a point at the end of 2021 where we started rolling the dice a little bit. Uh, um, like not like, not like consciously, oh, we are trying for a child, but it was kind of like, yeah. hey, well, if it happens, it happens. And yeah. after one month where that didn't happen, I was like, oh, yeah, Paul, like this is going to take a long time. Like you hear of, you know, people's journeys and, I mean, it's not just going to happen straight away. And then literally the next month, I think it was early December uh, 2021, and I was a few days over my period. (laughs) And I was like, I always had just pregnancy tests on hand because I've been a hypochondriac my whole life. Yes. So I'll just just take one. No, what's, you know, what's it? Count, you know, I've always done so many, and literally, I got the two lines, and I just remember going completely numb. I was like, "What? What?" And I just like everything paused. Yeah. Um. And BJ was on a hunting trip, and oh, I had to no. go pick- <laughs> later that afternoon. Yeah. So I remember just running myself a bath, <laughs> and, like just 
mulling over and just yeah. like I, I was in disbelief I don't think it really kicks in for a while oh god yeah I I'm a like I have always been a pregnancy <laughs> test gal like I'm just convinced every month even if I'm on contraception that I'm like pregnant yeah. so I totally get that and, and oh. you're not a vet and BJ will be like oh yeah yeah sweet what is the pregnancy <laughs> you know yeah. 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 And so when you saw that positive test, like I remember I felt like my stomach had like fallen out. I was like, Oh my God. Even though you're like, like we were similar yeah. sort of rolling the dice, I guess. But um, yeah. How did you feel like for the next couple of days and what did look uh, telling BJ look like? Yeah. What was, what was that like? So I guess I was in a bit of disbelief. It wasn't like the, Oh my God, this is so exciting. It was like, Oh yeah. my God. Because yeah. you do you do think about it, but then you don't really think about it. And when you're in that position, you're like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, all the intense thoughts coming through, all, all the intense thoughts start coming through of like, oh, my God, are you really ready for this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think it was a couple of hours later, I went to pick him up. And um, I think once I'd got him and I picked him up, maybe I was sitting in the passenger seat. He ended up driving back and I just showed it to him. It was like, what? And he double took. And then we just like literally stared at each other. He was like, what? What? He was like, what are two lines mean? I was like, that means I'm pregnant. <laughs> Obviously he had no idea what it meant. And yeah. Um, and yeah, it was sort of just like, I think he was really particularly, not in disbelief, but I don't think it really kicked in for him mm. until a lot later in the pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah, um yeah. and you know I was like oh my god do I call my mom like what do I do what's mm. the pool and I think yeah. I booked in with the medical center in town because I wanted to confirm it yeah. <laughs> and I could just tell they were like okay so I went in and I literally just peed on a stick I think and um and then when I left the lady was like I think you're going to need these. And she gave me like four or five more pregnancy tests. <laughs> like, so clueless and like still in disbelief. And then yeah. after that, I remember calling mom and I was like, wow, this is real. And, um, and yeah, that was, I guess yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Amazing. And how did you feel in that first trimester? Did you have many pregnancy symptoms? I was nauseous, not, yeah. To the point which was horrific, but it was certainly in the mornings. I just remember waking up and it was quite warm. It was a warm time of year. And I just remember ugh, just always waking up feeling blur and I needed to eat like ASAP. And yeah. I just had a full on addiction to anything beige, oh, anything yeah. carbohydrate. <laughs> I just wrapped <laughs> yeah. my gob and it was like, that was the instant cure to the nausea for me. Yeah. You know, I ate yeah. through. That really gross feeling. Um, mm. So that was probably the first. And saw boobs and quite frisky too. And the first part, that went very mm. quickly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, what else? Um, yeah, no, I think I think that was sort of the main part. The tiredness came later. Mm. But, yeah, it was that just sickly sort of feeling. And I think as yeah. soon as I found out I was pregnant, I – God, I'm I'm I am a hypochondriac and I do imagine things. So I think I instantly felt bloated. Hmm. And that was like a couple of days after my period was due. So yeah. I, like, I look pregnant now. <laughs> yes, and I look back on those photos in the early, early days where I thought I was huge and I was yeah. tiny and there was oh nothing. Oh my god, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Um, and did you decide to go with a midwife for your care or what did that look like? Because are you rural where you are now? Yeah, so I, I did go for a midwife. My mum was a doctor back in the day and um, and she, it was sort of her one thing, she was always just like really adamant about getting an obstetrician. Mm. And then after talking to people around here and, and doing a bit of investigating, um, Mustard and Hospital does have like obstetricians on site. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been recommended a really good midwife. And so, yeah, I decided to not actually get like a private obstetrician or whatever and just to go through the system and um, use my midwife who was amazing. And she really had a, a holistic approach. Um, I knew that she was sort of, anti-intervention when possible you know she'd do whatever she could to make the woman empowered and not (laughs) have things get out of their control (laughs) where all of a sudden you know you've got all these things in your arms and stuff so Mm. from the get it was I I felt really really comfortable with her yeah I felt so like her name was Renee I'll give her a shout out um (laughs) so she yeah she was based in town and I just go visit her um on I'm trying to remember what it starts out like the amount of times you see them, it's sort of every month or few yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's quite long, I think, between and in, in the initial stages usually. Um, so I, the poor thing, man, she had to field <laughs> a lot, a lot of questions over food hygiene. And when I ate a dodgy kebab, I think she went above and beyond maybe some other midwives. <laughs> <laughs> and what um, then? Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But no, she was epic. So I literally just had had her pretty much and um I say just her but she was awesome honestly Mm. it's just insane the amount of respect and I know connection that you form well you can Mm. I know this this isn't the truth for everyone but for me oh my god she was just my lifeline through that time Mm. yeah 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 amazing and did you do like all of the standard testing that was offered to you and did you decide to find out the sex of your baby yeah, so I, I'm trying to remember the testing. Um, I did the bloods yeah. and I did, I did do the glucose test, mm-hmm. um, further down the track for, cause that's for gestational diabetes. Is that what, is that what yes. it's for? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that was negative. Um, I did like all the iron tests and all that kind of stuff and my iron was pretty good along the way. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other tests. Um, there's that test initially to check about, uh, is it the chromosomes and the genetics and stuff? Oh, the NIPT test? Is it that one? Yeah, I didn't do the yeah. one that you paid for. I did the one that... Oh, uh, okay. That, um, That's 12 part. weeks, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. I did do that. And then, no, we didn't find out the sex. Which <laughs> was, <laughs> but I, we both, from the get-go, were pretty sure it was a boy. Like, yeah. we got vibes. And I think that might have been because BJ thought he saw a third leg on one of the... <laughs> But I also just did get very strong boy vibes from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. And did you want a boy or a girl or you just really didn't care? No, I no, I really didn't care. I mean, when people would ask me, I would I would always be like, oh, I always really wanted a relationship like my mum and I had. Mm. Uh, so, and I still do. I, I really do like the idea of the mother-daughter bond. Um, mm. But I also liked the idea of an older brother. So... I think I am quite happy sort of how it has played out because, yeah, I love, I love 
little boys now. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's, it sounds really crazy, doesn't it? No, I love being a little boy. Um, yeah. It's so much fun. There's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Very cool. And what about birth education? So how did you go? Like what were your thoughts around antenatal classes and did you do those and where did you get information about birth or were you just totally like, I'm just going to go with the flow and see what happens? Yeah, I didn't end up doing an antenatal class and it wasn't necessarily intentional, but I had signed up for Hypnobirthing and Spinning Babies um, for both classes available here in Masterton and they were put on by a wonderful lady called Carol Wheeler who from the UK and um, she's sort of one of the ones, I think she's one of the few who actually does have everything in, in person and she was, and it was um, complimentary, like it was through the, I want to say through the DHB or. Yeah, amazing. Which was awesome. And so mm. over, you know, a number of weeks you go there every, I think it was Wednesday night and, um, and it was like a nighttime experience and it was really cool. And like you always finish with um, a lovely meditation at the end <laughs> and you got biscuits and you got like little <laughs> hot chocolates and stuff. It was yeah. nice. So I really loved doing that. And I did spinning babies, which was one afternoon. It was like a weekend. Was it one or two days? I think it was just one day yeah. um, with all the positions that can, you know, assist with a, a more, Easy birth, as they say. Although yeah. I wasn't the best at actually following some of those exercises at home. I did mm. the occasional thing, but I probably could have been a little bit more disciplined when it came to <laughs> some of those exercises. Yeah. And when you look back on my birth, I sort of have a little bit of regret that maybe I didn't do more, but um, mm. hard to know. It's hard to know. Yeah, of course. And I think I was really... I read a lot about, you know, the physiological natural birth and I was so fascinated by that. And I, I really would love to have done a home birth, but mm. I ended up not feeling entirely comfortable. Um, and I wanted to labor for as long as possible at home. Um, yeah. Actually, probably get into this later. But, but yeah, so I guess like a lot of my pre-education was looking into the hypnobirthing and the breathing and the environment setting and all the things that you can do um, to create that really peaceful experience and enjoyable experience. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And did that sort of shape, like, I know you just sort of referenced thinking about a home birth, but was there anything else in your sort of birth plan or like thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go if you wanted to be like in the water or did you want to be in hospital or yet what did that look Mm -hmm. like? Yeah, so I guess the plan was to uh, labour at home for as long as possible. And then I really wanted to be in water in the hospital. Um, And ideally limited intervention, but I always was of the mindset that, you know, obviously if things are really dire and I need to, you know, if if things are an emergency or whatever, I will do what I have to do. And I, I really liked the trust that I had with my midwife because I knew her philosophy and I knew that she wouldn't do anything unless she had to do it um and she was all all about me sort of being in the control seat there and making the choices so um so yeah I guess my my mantra was as natural as possible (laughs) yeah 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 
Awesome. And were you doing anything like in preparation for birth or to try and get your body ready? Were you antenatal expressing or yeah, perennial massage, any of that sort of stuff? I never got to the perennial <laughs> massage. I I think I might have asked BJ a couple of times. He was like, no chance. Um, <laughs> But I, what did I do? Now I did do a lot of things. I remember like eating lots of dates as I sort of got into that um, business end of the pregnancy and I would have started having the raspberry leaf tea and sitting on a Swiss ball lots and, and some of the spinning baby positions. And, but to be honest, by the end of that pregnancy, I was just making the most of resting and I'm so glad I did. I never watched so much in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Binged shows, and I'm so glad because, like, literally, I haven't been able to do that for so long. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, 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 I really, I was quite, I feel really lucky that I did have um, not a very busy pregnancy. I was actually, yeah. I had a lot of time where I could be quite chilled out, and I know that that's a luxury, but I, you know, I it feels special that I did get that time, that downtime for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. And so you get to the sort of end of your pregnancy. How was your body feeling? And yeah, take us through if your labor started spontaneously and what did that look like? I just remember I was weighing every, <laughs> what felt like few. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if my blood is like this now pre-birth, what's it going to be like afterwards? I was just weighing all the time. Um, I was snoring like a dog. I just was horrific in bed. <laughs> I it was, yeah, I was not very nice to lie next to, but I was deep sleep. I actually think I did sleep pretty well. I know a lot of people didn't, and there were some nights which were so uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, but by the end, obviously, like everyone else, I was, I was definitely ready to pop, but I did kind of enjoy that end period. Um, especially that week going into it, it was this sort of like in between period between being pregnant and then our baby coming into the world. And it, yeah. and it did feel kind of magical and a little bit, I don't know, spiritual. And I would just like try and enjoy it. Um, yeah. even though you do start going, Oh my God, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And that yeah. sort of starts taking over. But I, I think. I was due on the like 21st or 22nd of August and it was two days later. So I was two days over when I started, when it was game time, when we started cracking into it and I was at home and it was about seven o'clock at night and my mum was literally on the way here. Like she was driving up from down south and I'd been like, mum, you're going to be late. Like she's like, no, no, no. I think this is going to be the right time. And I was like, but mum, it's like, I could be in a hospital. Anyway, so literally about an hour after I'd started getting contractions, she'd arrived. I started getting these sort of light period cramps, which I had had a few in the week or so building up, um, but nothing ever eventuated and they were super light. And these ones started building with intensity quite quickly. And I remember talking to BJ and he <laughs> didn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> and um and I think it was the night before we had literally said to me, Paul, like if things go tits up, like if, if things don't go to plan, like we need to talk about what you want, like in terms of, you know, emergency Caesar or whatever. And I was like, Shush, mm. stop it. You're gonna manifest it. Stop it. I'm all on the good vibes. Stop it. <laughs> like I just shut him down. 
Yeah. Which actually, that was absolutely valid questions from her. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't want to borrow it. I didn't want to manifest yeah. it. So anyway, it came to, um, yeah, it was like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Mum arrived and she's like, no, I think you actually are going into labour. My contractions, I want to say it didn't take long for them to be every couple of minutes. Like it might have been three or four minutes to start and then it was two and then it was one and they were just building up, building up. But it was beautiful because I knew what I wanted to do in that first period and that was get on the Swiss ball, get in the bath, just put on some music Mm. and really set that vibe for home. And that went on. Mum told BJ to go to bed because she was like, you're going (laughs) to not sleep the next couple of days. Just Mm. sleep while you can. She stayed up with me, sat next to me while I was in the bath, and I just remember it got to a point where I just couldn't, could not get comfortable. It was starting to really intensify, and mum was like, yeah, I think it's game time. Like, you need to go to the hospital. It was one o'clock in the morning, and uh, we went to get BJ up, and then I remember getting outside the house, and I'm just on all fours thinking, how am I going to do 20 minutes in the car? Yeah. Like, this is going to be agony. And anyway, long story short, it was a beautiful, crisp, clear night. Get in the car. We're driving down the driveway. And I remember seeing two deer just staring, looking at us. And it was so auspicious and magical. And I was like, oh, my God, so magical. Like, this is going to happen now. And it just felt like it was meant to be. Anyway, then the drive was quite horrific, but it was a bit of a blur. And get to the hospital. I'm out of the front of the hospital on all fours again because it's just the only <laughs> And I could get in that made me feel slightly human. And um, and the guy's like, Are you right? And I'm like, I'm going into labor. Like, um, kid, kid, someone please help. And so he comes out with like a um a wheelchair and we're wheeled through the maternity ward. And the ladies were lovely and they were so friendly and happy to see us. And they're like, go on in, your room's ready, because mm-hmm. um my midwife had already she knew that, you know, I wanted to get the water going. So that was all all ready to go. Um, and I just got straight into the bath and we had the music on. Oh, actually, hang on. No, before I got in the bath, I had a, um, obviously they wanted to see how far I was and I was yeah. five centimeters dilated. Oh, amazing. So they were pretty happy with that. That was a relief. Mm. And then I got in the bath, got the tunes on and, you know, it was, it was quite nice. It was low. Um, you know, the, the lights, there was just like a salt lamp on. It was nice zen vibes <laughs> to a degree. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, we remember what we wanted. Um, <laughs> but um, that sort of, you know, they, it, so my midwife, because um, another one was on call at that time and my one ended up coming in um, later on. And um, they said, look, you are progressing pretty well. And, like, I all of a sudden started going into these really primal sounds, which was probably, like, I don't know, two or three. Like, I, my body started, or maybe even four, I can't remember, doing this really, like, uh, primal push. And they were like, okay, this is where I think, like, we could have this baby not too far away. Yeah. And I was having the most intense contractions where my body was just overtaken and I just remember the sounds coming up were horrific and after a while um it sort of was becoming apparent that we weren't progressing and so there was something that was you know leading me to get all this pushing and it was like Mm. thrashing my back 
and they quickly ascertained that he was posterior mm-hmm. and, um, just not going anywhere. And I had just, I just remember the agony because I'd been going like this for quite a few hours. Um, and so it got to the point they were like, right, we need to um, do something. And they gave me these lower back water injections. So I don't know if you've heard of this before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and they're like, okay, the pain initially is going to be like 15 out of 10. And I screamed when they put them in, but it took away <laughs> a bit of that horrific back pain because yeah. it was just, it was, yeah, it was nasty. And so that kind of helped that for a while. I hadn't had an EP. I'd been sucking on the gas. Um, and then, I don't know, things just sped up really quickly. I just feel like one mm. thing led to another and the obstetrician wanted to come and have a look and check things out. And turns out Charlie, who hadn't been born yet, um, was in distress and um, they wanted to do some distress tests and actually go up there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the official term for it. When they take the blood off the head, there was like a practice nurse who the obstetrician was getting to do that. And I don't think she'd done it before. And it, she stuffed it up. Well, she didn't quite do it right the first time. So we had right. to do it again. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And this is a mid-contractions because they'd actually had to break Mm. my water things going they said look we'll break your waters it's gonna do one of two things it's (laughs) baby's gonna come out really soon or it's still not gonna progress but you're gonna get super fast contractions so my contractions were just like a one rolling wave Mm. they were trying to do this test whilst the contractions were going gnarly (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I was like we just can we just wait till can we just wait till the contractions over but the reality was like there wasn't really much of a gap and so Mm -hmm. um she had to do it like three times and I just remember thinking it was like a smear on steroids yeah. <laughs> uh, and they were like, basically, after doing all the assessments and stuff, um, Charlie was in distress and his heart rate had dropped, I think. And also my midwife could see how distressed I was. It was not even just his distress. It was my distress. It was getting to the point where it was just horrific. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and so they said, look, you have got a 50% chance of giving birth vaginally. We could give you an EP, epidural. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, I don't even know if the epidural will work. Like it was so late in the game. You hear so many stories about, you know, it only working half. And I just couldn't actually fathom any more pain. Hmm. And um, Or we can just, we can take you directly and do an emergency Caesar. Long story short, the decision was made. I got wheeled through um, to the surgery room <laughs> whatever you call it um, yeah, so, yeah. And, yeah so there we go <laughs> and it was all on and I remember just before being taken out my body had like one of these other massive contraction-y things mm. and I sewed on the bed and oh, they no. went <laughs> and that was the one time well actually there might have been some in the bath but 
they literally had to wheel me and it was like on my little freaking hospital oh, bed. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But I know that they see that all the time. It's yeah, very like, God, where's my dignity? Went out the window <laughs> so long ago and yeah. I'm like getting and um and yeah, I just remember getting into the theatre and they gave me a spinal and oh my god, I was just so happy because mm-hmm. <laughs> because um yeah, it, it had been really painful and yeah, I was just but also before being wheeled in, I do remember that feeling of like I'd let myself down and mm. even though I was open to having you know whatever be you know I just wanted yeah. to be happy, healthy, and safe at the end of the day. That's all that mattered. But I do remember having a slight expectation in there when I felt like I'd let myself down because yeah. it hadn't really planned. And I just had a little cry as I was getting wheeled to theatre. Yeah. Now I look back and I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was the best. And it's so crazy. I look back now and I, I look on it so enjoyably and I just think yeah. it was the most beautiful thing. Um, and I remember... BJ, poor thing, like <laughs> he's just been watching this, witnessing this, witnessing this, doesn't have any natural oxytocin or hormones or anything. And he's just sitting there as I'm getting cut open. And, you know, he watched it all. And then I think Charlie, as they were trying to get him out, they couldn't, they couldn't. So my midwife had to actually punch up my vagina. Oh, to... God. I know, and I didn't even know this because I yeah. had a spinal cyst. He had no clue. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, my God. And he didn't tell me to like <laughs> And it was yeah. quite darling. Anyway, he, Charlie came out. He cried. I just remember crying when I heard that. And then mm. he was playing my chest. And it was just the best thing ever. And then I was drugged up for the next couple <laughs> of days. Yeah. Um, and it was it was. It was not how I thought it would go in my head, but it was yeah. the best thing ever. Yeah, 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 amazing. And did you find, like, I guess when people explain the way that the actual cesarean feels, did you feel like it was like someone just, like, moving things around in your tummy? Like, how did you yeah. feel? Did you feel anything? I just think comparatively to the pain that I'd been in, it was like yeah. a walk in the you know? Yes. Yeah, and even yeah. like, <laughs> I was just, I was like, sweet ass, feet up yeah. now. We can have a cow. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My body was so exhausted. And yeah, no, I, I think that the Caesar during it, it didn't, it didn't feel like too much after what I'd just been through. It was yeah. afterwards that surprised me with the Caesar, like the actual yeah. recovery period. That yeah. was what I felt harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so did they get you, like, because I think it was daytime, right, when you gave birth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was 10.31 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And so did they take you back to recovery and then get you up walking later that day, or what did that first day look like? Yeah, so I remember they took me to a side room and they just kept checking um, as the anesthesia wore, wore off, I think. Yeah. They start doing the high test. Uh, to see where I can feel. And then, um, yeah, I ended up getting taken to our own room, which was on the maternity ward. And the maternity staff were amazing. They were so good. Mm. Uh, I remember if I walked later that day or if it was the next um, – they must have got me up a little bit. But I remember I didn't actually fully shower, I think, till the next day. Yeah. Because it was very – it was very hard getting yeah. up. I 
Yeah. And I have a catheter. I don't know if that's common practice if everyone has a catheter. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember looking down. I was like, what? When did that happen? Like, that was <laughs> yeah. the most insignificant thing um, yeah. compared to everything that happened. Um, but, yeah, I was very immobile to start. And I just remember mm. particularly early on, BJ was – doing all the nappies and he was, he literally, I remember helped me breastfeed because he came from a farming background. (laughs) Charlie would be on my chest and maybe not like suckling and BJ would be in the background just going like a lamb (laughs) to try and like spur him on to suckle. And I tell him what it worked. It literally worked. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a really, it was a really special time in hospital, actually. Mm. We looked after really well. I was over the food by the end uh, and I was definitely ready to go home. Um, We had two nights in the hospital. Yep. And, um, and the staff were just incredible. I remember all through the night, you know, they'd be running shifts, helping you feed your baby and Mm. any questions you had. They, They were amazing. And I had heard really good. Um, things about the maternity ward here in Masterton and mm. you know my experience just confirmed that they were really really great yeah yeah amazing and how did you like I because I've had a c-section too and I remember standing up and feeling like oh my god I'm never going to be able to stand up straight again like I felt like I was so <laughs> sewn together at the bottom of my stomach so yeah. how did you find like trying to walk the first time and what was like that first shower like? Did you have to get BJ to help you? What did that look like? Yeah, gosh, you feel so fragile. It's just mm. such a big thing. Um, yeah. And it was something I really, really underestimated mm. before going into this experience. I think you often hear people get a Caesar and people always play it down. You don't realize how much of a yeah. gnarly operation it really, really is and how yeah. much it cuts through. Um, I think... I was pretty, I was quite lightheaded. I think I'd lost a bit of blood maybe and mm. fluid, that stuff. Particularly the first 24 hours, they were watching me a little bit because I was, you know, and I was quite mm. lightheaded. Um, but then when I finally got the shower, yes, I definitely needed help. Uh, and I had like that thing and like the shower handles and I don't know, oh, all the yeah. things. You feel like a shell of a human really, don't you? But, yeah, um, yeah. but then, you know, over time, once I got home, I felt really grateful to have my mum there and she stayed for about six weeks. And I can, oh, I can never thank her enough for that because I was so fragile and so vulnerable. Mm. You know, not only it's your first time being a mum, you're so tired, you've got the cocktail of hormones, you have no idea what you're doing, your body just literally cannot even sit up without being in agony. Mm. Uh, obviously, the, the painkillers help, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It was, um, I just will be eternally grateful for my mum and, mm. and her during that time. Yeah. And I know that I'm so lucky and not everyone gets that. And <laughs> she and BJ, even like in the first few nights, they were kind of running a bit of a shift together to help do like the changing in the nappies. Mm. It asked them to me because it was so hard to actually, yeah. to do really simple tasks. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, after a few days, um, we saw because we were actually like camped up in our lounge because we have a really interesting setup in our house. <laughs> you have to go through like an outdoor courtyard to get to your bedroom, and I and it was cold at that time, and I just didn't want Charlie getting cold. So like yeah. we had the fire lit, and we just had our beautiful cozy cocoon. Yeah, yeah. in the lounge, and and I just camped up, and I had like a single bed right next to him. 
Yeah. Where he was yeah. the best. And, um, and yeah, <laughs> but then it was so nice actually finally getting back to my bedroom because mm. you, yeah. it's, it's just a massive blur that time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you mentioned that um, BJ said to you before you had like gave birth, like, what do you want to do if, if things don't <laughs> go to plan? So had yeah. you done any, like, had, had you heard many cesarean birth stories? Like, had you done any research into what that might be like? Or were you just like, no, nah, not, not going to happen to me or not I, interested in it? I, I, look, I'd heard, I'd heard of a few, but I hadn't done a deep dive. I hadn't mm. thoroughly informed myself. And, um, and looking back, yeah, I probably would have done that. But I was trying to take mm. the approach where I just wanted to try and create my own story and I wanted totally. to hear positive stories and I, I wanted to try and manifest that ideal situation. Absolutely. But yeah. but looking back, I you know, you can still do that, but you can scroll mm. up on everything and I I yeah. wish I'd probably scrolled up a little bit more, maybe. Mm. Although I don't know, maybe sometimes yeah. you can overload yourself with too much information. So it's it's a fine balance. But um Yeah, hundred percent. I didn't know too much about Caesars. Um yeah. And now that I've had my experience, I've re- I've realized how common this is, and yeah. um, women get rushed into emergency Caesar, and yeah. and you know, and whether it was like me and they were stuck posterior or something similar, mm-hmm. um, it's way more common than you think. Totally, I actually think I saw a stat uh, this week that thirty percent of births in New Zealand, maybe last year, were cesarean births, which is so wow. high. Yeah, it's. Day. And now it's like the decision of if I do have another baby, whether mm. I just go that or if I yeah. try the V back. And mm. um, and I'm torn. I'm, well, I, I think I do really want to try and have a vaginal mm. experience. But then yeah. you're like, oh, God, can I go through that? Again? Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so like, I don't know. I think I could talk about um, making that decision until I'm like blue in the face. But I think it's so like individual, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I chatted to someone the other day who was just who said, "Oh my gosh, you know, pregnancy round two and like the birth and having mm. that plan because they had had an emergency the first time." She mm. was like, "It was such a better experience." And I suppose you're not on the back foot of being super exhausted for yes. the time yeah. when the baby arrives, but then I do really, really want to experience it. Um, vaginally. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what will happen if I even yeah. have a baby? But um, but it's all interesting stuff to think about. It is, yeah, for sure. Awesome. And so, obviously, you've got your mum there um, for the first sort of six weeks. Do you remember? Like, I struggle to remember. That's why I say it like that. um, Do you remember how you felt, like, in those first sort of, yeah, three to six weeks when all of those hormones are going crazy and you're trying to learn to breastfeed and your milk's coming in and all of that stuff? Like, how was your mental health? And, yeah, what did that sort of fourth trimester initially look yeah. like for you? Yes. Well, I I guess I, I'd read it. I had uh, – this was part of my education, actually, reading about postpartum and mm. the importance and, and nourishment and taking care of yourself mm. and – most like hibernating. Yeah. Um, Chinese philosophy, there's this beautiful book called The First 40 Days, and it just yeah. talks about foods and that can nourish you really well and um, and like the importance of staying warm and all these things. Anyway, so I didn't quite adhere to that because I think realistically it can be quite hard to. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a lot of guests that came through and, um, yeah, I 
I probably wasn't as shut off as maybe I could have been, but, but it was, you know, I tried to follow that because I had read that, you know, the more you do take care in that initial period, the quicker you can bounce back mm. later down the track and it can be easier. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> when I did get back, I, it's just so overwhelming. It's mm. such, it's just like nothing you've ever gone through. And like, you're just riddled with all of the emotions. And I do mm. remember when my milk came through, I just couldn't stop crying. I remember I was like on a Zoom to my brother or something, not a Zoom, a FaceTime. And I was just like, Tom, I just love Chelly so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just was so overwhelmed. And like, and my tears were crying, <laughs> crying and crying. And then my midwife came out, I think like a day or two after. She was like, how you been? And I was like, I have been crying. And she's like <laughs> smiling. She was smiling when I told her because she was like, look, if this was a few months or a few weeks or months down the track, we'd start to, you know, ask a few more questions and mm. it could be a bit more serious, but it is so characteristic of the baby blues and when your mm. milk comes through and the, what is it, day three to day 10 or something. And yeah. I was just. Oh my gosh, I just remember any music would set me off. Yeah. I had this playlist and I'd just be breastfeeding and looking down at him and I'd just get so overwhelmed because the love is so intense. The love is so intense. Like yeah. I've never felt a love like that. And I know that people get sick of hearing people say that, but it's true. You are not prepared for the love you feel. Well, I wasn't yeah. anyway. I, I yeah. totally underestimated that side of it. And then so equally, equally with that love you feel – is a matched sense of fear. And I was just so fearful of anything ever happening to him. So it was kind of like yeah. balancing those two emotions. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like the tiredness and all that, that kind of blends in together. I'm sure you mm. hear that from everyone and the sleepless nights and all that, but, but things did start to get easier over time. And yeah, I look back on that six week period and what the hell happened? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. It's so beautiful, so magical, so hectic, so crazy. You're mm. just thinking, what have I done? Life is never going to be the same again. <laughs> yeah. um, all of the feelings really, isn't it? It's yeah. just, yeah, it's a massive adjustment, but it's also so beautiful, beautifully chaotic. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And what about your recovery from your C-section? So I know you're about six months down the track now. So what has that sort of physical healing process looked like for you and how are you feeling now? Yeah. So I, oh my God, I was constipated for so long. Oh, that's <laughs> the worst. That is the worst. And that was, that was one of my gnarly post-birth things. I think yeah. like that was what I struggled with. Like, oh my God. It, and I was just like, when is this even going to go? Am I going to be constipated for the rest of my life? Anyway, <laughs> probably a few months in it started to, Settle. Um, but in terms of physical exercise, because I was quite into exercising pre-birth, um, I really took it slower. Like I, I didn't rush back into anything. I walking with Charlie was my main thing, and we we live around quite a lot of hills and stuff. So I just ex I, that would be my exercise, and it would be so good yeah. for the for the mental health as well. Um, I I actually should have seen a women's health physio, and I still haven't done that. And I know that's mm -hmm. a big no. I really should have been checked off, but I wasn't doing anything rigorous early. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't feel essential, but now I've 
been informed that actually you really should do it just for <laughs> clarity and peace of mind. So I'm going to go do that. Um, yeah. And now I feel, I, you know, I feel really strong now, like six months down the track. Mm. Yes, it, it took its time and, and you feel quite sensitive around your stomach area mm. for a while. Um, but, you know, my scar is strengthening day by day and, um, and it feels way better. And I, I feel physically, oh, my God, also my back for ages. I just felt like a creakier woman in my knees. Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> is my body breaking down? I'm on <laughs> yeah. 32. And I was like, holy shit, my body it, for a long time did feel really yeah. fragile and sore. Yeah. And my tailbone, I think, after having that lower back birth, um, mm. it got a bit of a hammering. And... And like when I'd sit down or even if I had them in the front pack and just doing certain things, I just remember my tailbone really copping it. But yeah. that has subsided and um, everything is feeling a lot stronger now. So I feel really grateful for that. Um, yeah. yeah, you do get to, you know, soon after birth, you're like, oh, my God, am I ever going to feel normal again? And like, mm. well, yes, my body's different in many ways. It's softer and my boobs are saggy and all that stuff. <laughs> I do yeah. feel like I get to a bit of pre-baby me in the sense of feeling stronger and fitter um and I haven't I really haven't followed a strong exercise routine I feel (laughs) lucky that I do live around hills and I can just get outdoors and that's that's been a big thing for me yeah absolutely awesome and what about you and BJ like what's your relationship been like post having Charlie and how are you sort of juggling that like parental load and yeah, I guess what does that um, that look like for you as a couple now? Um, I think from the get-go, he was quite hands-on um, in the sense of changing nappies and stuff. You know, he he never had the philosophy that that's a woman's thing. You know, right. we, we sort of both just did that from the get-go, and um, that was really awesome and helpful. And obviously from, he had to take quite a heavy load, like when I was – post Caesar, yeah. he, um, he did quite a bit of that stuff, but as, as time has progressed, you know, I, because he's working all day on the farm, I have no problem being the one that gets up and feeds him in the night. Cause uh, well, especially now, because I'm not really up for a long time, usually yeah. for long periods, I just feed him or whatever and just get back to sleep. And I feel what's the point in both of us being really, really tired. Cause yeah. I think, I, you know, um, but being said that like early on, we both did get up, um, in the night when there was, you know, longer stints and Mm. we probably shared that a bit more, but as things got back into it, um, I just didn't want to make him super tired on the farm Mm. because that's also a risk for him. You know, if he's tired, heavy machinery and stuff, you don't want that. Um, and when he comes home, you know, he's pretty hands on, he would be really good at doing the baths and stuff like that. Um, early on, like when we're both tired, I think it's, it's so hard to not find mm. that, that tough on your relationship initially. But what I have yeah. been surprised with is ha- it has got easier and I feel like it has brought us together more. And, and now that this beautiful little bundle that we created is growing up, you, you have this deeper connection mm. with other, other, well, that's what I found. Um, yeah. and I, cause I was so terrified. I was so shit scared mm. <laughs> of baby for that reason because you hear from so many people how it impacts your relationship Mm. but I think communication is key more than ever Um, and hearing each other out and being fair and I mean you're both tired you've just got to remember Mm. that sometimes you're going to say things from a place of tiredness (laughs) it's not you yeah 
give each other that space and um and understand that you're, you you are both struggling even you know yeah. i think it's so easy to hold on to resentment yeah in this time where someone does more mm. you know i might be pulling the load you know i might be doing 70% now but then i think as long as that sort of balances out over time and you can find mm. ways even that out and accept that yeah there will be days where it will be unfair and it will be mm. unbalanced but in the long term hopefully that can you can find ways to make it a bit more yeah. fair if that makes yeah for sure yeah yeah I think there'll be a heap of people out there who relate to that mm. yeah. and it looks different for everyone as well and look yeah there some times where yeah it is super unfair and I feel like I'm absolutely doing all of the child load do you know yeah. what I mean but yeah um but that's just part of it and and there are phases that you go through yeah. and yeah. It has to work and there are times where I'm going to be trying to work and trying to do yeah. it all and yeah don't don't be ashamed to ask for help, you know, yeah. <laughs> just whether it's family or friends that you've got nearby and you need help, like yeah. get them in. No, I honestly think okay. the power of incredible and if we think we have to do it all on our own. We don't mm. like if people are particularly are offering to help, take it. Yeah. 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 I a hundred percent agree with that. I think I would not have survived my parenting <laughs> journey without all of the help that we've had, honestly. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like in the yeah. back in the old, they did have help. I'm sure of it. Yeah. And now like yeah. society where we feel like we have to do it all. We have to mm. hustle and do a job and keep mm. the house clean. Yeah. Be Instagramable. And <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. just it's yeah. not realistic. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And is there anything like if, if you, there was a person listening to this episode who is pregnant with their first baby and, you know, no idea what to expect. Is there like a piece of advice or something that has helped you could be like birth or could be postpartum related that you think, Oh man, I just wish I knew that before. You know what? The big theme is always surrender because yes, you can have a plan in your head or Mm -hmm. how things be. And the reality is so many things are going to not go to plan Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. have to be okay with that and surrender to it and know that every journey is so different for every individual person um whether whether it's the pregnancy you know I've had this pregnancy my next pregnancy could be entirely different I could be throwing up the whole time yeah and you have to surrender to it because it is what it is and at the end of the day you get a beautiful beautiful gift and yes it's a sacrifice but it's also I I've just been so taken back by how much I've enjoyed it. And I wonder if it's because building up to this, I had consumed so much negative content. Now I know <laughs> that it's really good. That there's a lot more transparency and a lot more honesty around parenting, but I also, I almost feel like it's gone the other way. Yeah. In a sense, we'll only share the shitty stuff. And so people yeah. who are in the, who have never had a baby before, I've had quite a few people reach out who are genuinely shit scared because all of they, mm. all that is how horribly hard it is. Yeah. But what I also mention is that there's also so many blissful, magical mm. moments. Yeah. It'll be worth it. And yes, you will struggle, but you're not alone. And every other woman is done and they're doing it alongside you. And mm. <laughs> you've just got to embrace the chaotic mess. Mm, totally. Uh, and, and, and ride the wave. I know it's so corny, but surrendering to the unknown mm. is super powerful and just being okay with what is. Mm. It's so interesting that piece around like, you know, the information that's out there and like what we share. And 
I actually have been feeling the same sort of way around we share like these negative or, you know, things that we're struggling with a lot now, which is amazing because it's so great that we can share that and have other people to confide in and like, Yes. Yeah. I just think. It came about probably because there was so much overwhelming positive stuff back in the day. You'd only see white picket fence. You'd see these families smile, see everything super glossy. But I feel like you can go so far one way. Totally. Totally. uh, It's come with a bit of a negative reputation now. Yeah. You almost get like, um, I don't know. I've had a few people, a few like messages on my Instagram account being like, oh, you shouldn't sort of portray things in that way because that's not how it is for everyone. And it makes me feel like I did something wrong. And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's two ways of looking at it. And, and it's nice. I think if you're not in the space to consume someone's content about like how much they're loving postpartum or, you know, that type of thing. Equally, if you yeah. don't want to see the negative things about how difficult it is, I just think like we should be really conscious about what we're consuming and who we're following. And if it's not right for us, then like we should remove ourselves from that sort of place. I just, yeah, I totally yeah. agree with that. And you know what? <laughs> it changes day to day. Like last week. Of course week, it does. Um, yeah. I was overwhelmed and I was, no, no, not feeling overwhelmed. Sorry. I was actually like, you know, I wish there was you know, more positive content portrayed, I feel like it is taking a negative turn, mm. but then a couple of shitty nights sleep, actually, the yes. stuff I recently, <laughs> more of yeah. that negative content, so it's just the constant balance, and yeah. everyone is going to perceive things differently, yeah. depending on where they are in their journey, but I think totally. it's built up, and like, people are genuinely quite frightened now, because it has gone mm. so far the other way, it's just, it's all a bit of, I don't know, give and take, really. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, PJ, for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story with us. I have absolutely loved talking to you, and I know that there will be heaps of people who are super keen for this episode. So super grateful that you were willing to come on and share. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I hope I kind of made sense. My brain is a bit blurry today. (laughs) Oh, you're perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales brought to you by Your Birth Project. I look forward to bringing you another birth story next week. So make sure you check back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.